but it is just like one of those those things with adoption that to just expect the unexpected, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> expect the unexpected. I like that. Merry Christmas. We are now partway into December. We've begun, begun the month of Christmas. That's right. We are five weeks from being home from our amazing adventure in Colombia where we adopted four awesome Colombian children to add to our already seven awesome children here in Utah. Yeah, so we're just hoping to share more of the adventure and letting you know what this week has brought. So this week, in addition to the fun that we've had with just the transition and the experience with the Colombian children, we had a unique message that came that is going to create a new chapter and new opportunity for us to experience some new things. You want to share a little bit about what transpired? Yeah. So we thought that this would be important to share because of the audience of people who are, you know, adopting or prospective adoption, adoptive um, families that might may hear this. So with our youngest two girls, Willow and Livy, um, they, we adopted them from foster care. And, um, when they came to us in 2019, um, it was supposed to be just for a short duration of time as foster, as foster kids, um, that they were with us, but it ended up, you know, taking, being longer and longer until eventually it evolved into us adopting them. However, in this, in this time frame of the last four and a half years, we have never met their birth mother in person, but we have been able to establish a really good relationship with her just over FaceTime and just, um, you know, in conversations that we've been able to have with her and with the girls. Yeah, it's something that's very important to us with our adoptions and with our children is we want to be very open and um, accepting and loving and encouraging of their family from before they were adopted. And, you know, we recognize that that's part of their heritage. That's part of who they are. That's part of their story. And and we want to fully embrace that. So that's been an important piece. A little backstory just in regards to with the girls when they came here, um, their mother uh, actually is not from Utah, but was traveling through Utah on her way home with the two girls. And there was a little accident that transpired that ultimately led to the two girls coming to um, our home. And as Andrea had said, they would only be with us for a couple of weeks was the plan. And then they would be transferred to the state where their birth mother resided. Two years turned into three years or two weeks turned into three years and and we were blessed to be able to adopt them. And um, that truly was with the the blessing, I would say, of Jessica, their mom. She actually um, asked us, during Christmas time, um, a couple of years ago, if we would be open to considering adopting them. And that was a tender experience for us because, in fact, I kind of want to share that. I remember we were just visiting with Jessica. It was Christmas. She had just talked to the girls, and then she asked to speak with us privately. We'd been uh, fostering these two girls for two years at that time. And she said very humbly and, and just truly in a spirit of love, asked if we would consider adopting her two girls. And she said, because I know that you will be able to give them a life that I just never will be able to give them. And that was a tender experience. We told her that we would be honored to be able to have that and take that that responsibility and to welcome these two girls into our home permanently. 
And then it was only after that that she asked us and that we accepted that, that she asked if we felt that it would be okay if she continued to be part of the girls' lives and and being able to talk with them and receive updates about them. And as we said, that's a big part of our motivation with adoption. We said, absolutely. So fast forward now, that was a couple of years ago. It's been four years now, four and a half years since the girls came into our life. And we received the notice that we're going to probably meet Jessica this upcoming week. Yeah, she was able to send us a, a message that she has plans to be here in Utah for Willow's birthday. So this is this is exciting because this is something that, you know, we've always wanted the girls to be able to meet their birth mom in person. However, it also brings another side of... Sorry, we've got some kids calling us on the intercom, which you can probably hear. <laughs> we absolutely have to figure out how to make it so they can't use that intercom. <laughs> That's the most off. annoying thing ever. This is this is our life right now. <laughs> they don't like to come find us. They like to just yell on the intercom. <laughs> this, is, this is like live shot of our life right mm. now. So... Hopefully that goes away. <laughs> okay. It probably won't. <laughs> probably gonna have to go address it. Okay, so where were we? So, so we were just talking about how we we've always been excited for Willow and Livy to meet their birth mom, and so you know we've thought about that. We've thought about different scenarios where we can make it happen. Just hasn't happened until this time, which is kind of funny because it's something you know he we had, I at least I had kind of put it on like the back burner for now, um, just as we've been trying to figure you know, things out with this adoption and with blending our, our family as it is right now. And, and, you know, like things like this, they just kind of come, I guess, when you least expect it, but it's, it's good because it, you know, it'll give us an opportunity to, to open different doors with the girls and everything. But it also brings me like some anxiety because I don't know, you know, how they, will respond or how it's going to go down. So Brady is great at like helping set, set good boundaries with people. And so he has been great to like help me think through that and how that can look. And, um, as well as just, you know, letting, letting Jessica know how we would like it to look and kind of what the the guidelines and the boundaries for that will be. So that's, you know, just another exciting part of adoption that we're working through right now. It is. Yeah, it is. And I don't know if we'll meet with Jessica this week or if it will be in the week coming, but it does sound like she will be arriving in Salt Lake City this week. So yeah, so we'll see. We'll we'll probably have some, you know, be able to keep you updated on that. But it is just like one of those those things with adoption that to just expect the unexpected, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> expect the unexpected. I like that. All right, so. Let's see so, what else we have um, on our also, list. Also this week, an exciting event happened where Ridge was able to um, be enrolled in school again. So he, um, if, for those that have listened to past podcasts, we were able to take him out of school in October and he came with us to Columbia for the month. Ridge is our 14-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And he and Ridge has the diagnosis of 22Q, um, which is a diagnosis that comes sometimes with some some learning challenges. And so we've been trying to kind of work through that and to find like the best possible place for him to do school, whether that be, you know, like um, where he was, homeschool, the public school. And so this week we decided we would go try the public school routes because they are able to get, you know, an individualized education plan for Ridge. And so that's kind of what we have been working on this last week, trying to get 
that in place so that we can hopefully find a place for Ridge where he can be most successful, not only academically, but just as a whole person. Oh, this this is probably more of a podcast I should just do myself because I'd say I'm at a way different place than Andrea on this. Andrea is a lot further advanced and further along when it comes to Ridge's diagnosis of 22Q. But it's something that this week alone, I had the chance to meet with two different uh, individuals, both moms with uh, children with with 22Q. One started the foundation or the 22Q uh, family foundation that I met with uh, her. And then Andrea and I had an opportunity to meet with a very seasoned expert in 22Q, especially in the education space um, with the education station that the 22Q Family Foundation offers. And so Donna was able to meet with us and just answer a lot of questions that we had. And it's it's been a sobering process, honestly, to be able to go and to learn um, just what 22Q looks like for a lot of families and, and how that diagnosis can impact a child as they as they grow. And so the thing that we're experiencing right now is uh, with 22Q, when they receive diagnosis at a younger age, or they receive diagnosis um, throughout those younger years, they actually are typically, well, not typically, but a lot of times are pretty standardized as it relates to their education and their, you know, attending the, the classes with the typical kids. But what happens is the kids get older and typically when they reach puberty, you'll find that their classmates start to advance much faster than them and the differentiation between um, just IQ, et cetera, becomes more and more significant and more relevant. And that's exactly more, more apparent. And that's exactly what we're experiencing right now as we see, you know, Ridge's peers probably a lot further along in school than, than Ridge is right now. And so as I look at that, you know, a lot of questions come to my mind on what, what does that mean for our son as he gets older? And, and what does that mean like in relation to going to college and missions and getting married and having a family, et cetera. And so we're able to ask a lot of these questions and and actually had some interesting statistics that were shared with us for individuals that have 22Q, um, one of which is uh, 15% of individuals with 22Q get married. So pretty low statistics on that. Um, another one is that one in four uh, individuals, so 25% of individuals diagnosed with 22Q actually um, have schizophrenia, that they'll have a, they'll, they'll get to a place where they'll have diagnosis of schizophrenia. And so this is, this is a lot, you know, for me to, to just process. And it's been about a year now that I've been processing all of this and this is becoming more and more relevant. Um, I would say that with the diagnosis of Nash, when we found out he has Down syndrome, it's literally like walking into a dark, dark room and turning a light on and boom, there's the diagnosis. And in the case of 22Q with Ridge, we received diagnosis 12 years ago and it's just now really starting to become more and more apparent. And so it, uh, would, I would say, is definitely much more like a sunrise um, is what we're experiencing with a lot more rise to come. We still don't know what it's going to look like in 10 or 15 years from now. Yeah, we sure don't. But I feel like super optimistic about it. And I, I feel like with the along with like some of the things that could be challenges and hard things, um, you know, as Ridge's mom, like I just see 
like all the positive things and all the things that he's able to do. And he has so many abilities and talents. And I think that, um, you know, he's going to do just great. Yeah. A big, a big part of honestly, what I would consider is my life's work is really in advocating for and, and being a voice for the underdog, for those individuals that have, that the world would deem as having special needs. I, I prefer to uh, explain it or describe it as them having special abilities. And, you know, I've been advocating for Nash and Coop now for, for much of my adult life. And um, it's honestly time now to be able to switch gears a little bit in relation to what the special ability may be in relation to Ridge. And that's, that's something I'm processing right now. So to be determined, to be continued. You're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. All right. Well, some other That's things. Ridge. That is Ridge. Um, we also had another kind of little diagnosis thing, I guess, this week with one of our girls, maybe maybe both of them, but oh, we definitely um, one of them. we you know, the girls show signs of ADHD, which is a hereditary thing. And I guess it can also just pop up. I don't know, but, but we've been kind of working on that and working on behaviors with the girls just always since they've been little. And, you know, as we have brought these other children home, these children from Columbia home, I would say that everything has intensified a little bit and not, not like in a negative way, but just actually like in a good way, but in a way that can't really allow us to ignore the behaviors that come from ADHD and not that we were ignoring them before, but we just, I feel like could be a little more lenient and patient with them. And we, you know, we had like multiple ways we could kind of work around some of those behaviors, but with so many kids in the house right now with 11 kids, um, it becomes harder to work around those behaviors and just things snowball faster, I guess I would say where like, you know, like there's just like, it's one little behavior happens and it kind of sets everybody off. And there's just so many of us now that it's hard to, to keep that snowball effect from happening. And it's hard to, to just like take those behaviors and minimize them kind of like we were able to before. So just, um, since we've been home over the last five weeks, you know, it's become more apparent that, that we perhaps need to do more to address the, um, the behaviors caused by the ADHD um, D things. And so anyway, I took one of our girls, the, the oldest of the two and that had this Willow. to Willow to the doctor. And, um, we were able to meet with the doctor and just go over the behaviors and possibilities of how we could treat them. And we decided that now is the time that we would want to try medication and see how that could help with that. And so we started her medication this week and I don't know, we're, we're only, you know, just less than a week even into it. And, um, so far it's been good. It's been helpful. You know, there are like hard things with starting a medication where you kind of have to work through the side effects and let the body kind of like rebalance and stuff. So we've just been working through that this week. And, um, overall, I would just say my takeaway from it, I, I don't know for sure if it's something, you know, that we'll continue with or keep going. We're still trying to figure that out. But the, the good thing about it, the thing that I loved about it is just um, being able to talk to the doctor about it and just learn more about it and just about possibilities for treatment and how, you know, by doing the medication now, we can hopefully help her establish really good habits that she you know, may not have to always continue on the medication, but maybe if she has that opportunity to develop those habits in her life now, if she can, you know, get that space or in, or in that pause that she needs in her, her, um, processing that maybe we can help her, you know, 
further down the road as well. So anyway, it's just been, it's been good to have that um, perspective that the doctor brought because, you know, he offered a lot of hope with just letting us, you know, letting me know kind of how, how this works and how the whole, the whole process goes for ADHD. Because again, that's something that, you know, I'm just trying to learn about right now and trying to, to figure out just another, another one of those diagnoses, I guess, that, um, just come and you're not always expecting, but well, and I, I have seen, um, I, I think we've always known that, well, that's not entirely true. I would say the behaviors that we saw with Willow, I would say we just said it was more like being a toddler. Like toddlers and, have and a hard he, time sitting still and they're always into stuff and they're always moving around and doing their thing. But as she's got older, again, she's just turning seven in about a week, there's a, these behaviors that I would say are intensifying or at least staying the course as she gets older. And so, yeah, it's becoming more relevant now. Yeah, for sure. And then also there's always the side, you know, where like we knew that that they experienced trauma as little tiny girls. And so you always want to, I was telling this to the doctor that like, I always just want to give them the benefit of the doubt that like, they're, you know, like they're going to grow out of this, like eventually, you know, their, their body systems that put them in like the flight and fight mode are going to calm down. Like they're going to grow out of it. But it was, it was insightful to hear, you know, him talk about ADHD and how that's not something that you just grow out of. And so like, as these behaviors persist over the years and as they're not grown out of, you know, it becomes more apparent what is actually going on and what is happening. I will say it's um, interesting to see Willow will take this uh, pill for this diagnosis when she first gets up in the morning when she has breakfast. And so it lasts for 12 hours. That's roughly seven o'clock. So by about seven o'clock in the evening, it's wore off. And throughout the day, she's pretty chill, like calm and just... It's, so far, it's been helpful. She has been able to focus better. Um, her teacher sent me a text and said that she was able to write her whole story this week because they've been working on writing these little short stories with like three parts. And usually Will hasn't been able to sit and go through the whole thing. And she was able to do it this week. So that was for sure a huge positive. Definitely. And then I, I do see though by about 7.30 that that medication is wore off and she is bouncing off the walls. <laughs> like, yeah, it does. It doesn't. Wow. It doesn't last all day, but it, yeah, you can tell a difference for sure. But it's a concern because we have Rocio and Willow sharing a room and they're becoming friends. I, I like becoming mm-hmm. actually pretty good friends. Rocio being 10, Willow being almost seven. And I saw, you know, we all went to bed last night at about 1030, lights out, everything's quiet. And I saw this morning a notification that there was activity on the ring cameras upstairs. And I, I saw about midnight Willow and Rocio like walking down the hall together. Um, I think probably going to get a drink or something. And I'm like, what in the world? I have no idea what time they actually went to bed. I don't know for sure either, but I had a really hard time getting both of them up out of bed this morning. And I asked Willow, what time did you guys go to sleep last night? And she said, I don't know. We took a nice long bath. It was really fun. <laughs> so, oh, some I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> with adoption, right? Like trying to figure it all out. That's right. Okay. So that is our update on Willow. 
Yes. And another thing, just while we're, we're talking about the kids sharing rooms that it reminded me of is it's been kind of calm, cool this week with the four boys in the uh, one room. Yeah, it, yeah. That has not really worked well this week. I mean, it was so great the first few weeks this week, not so great because everybody is getting kind of tired of it. And they, there's like so much teasing and so much like back and forth going on in the evenings when they go in there to go to bed that they haven't been getting to bed at a good time either because they all go in there and it takes them like, you know, an hour and a half to settle down and actually go to bed. And, um, so that's been kind of comical and, you know, like the, the Colombian boys get annoyed and complain that Ridge and Ridge is snoring and, you know, like don't want to be in his room. And it's just kind of funny to see Ridge and Mason complain that the Colombian kids, they're playing their music. And I am, it might've been a mistake to give John a Echo Dot or whatever it was. I gave him an Alexa thing for his birthday because now I can just play his music up there. And yeah, it's just kind of kind of been funny with them all in the four all those four boys in the same room. I think we're gonna have to try and try something different and split it up a little bit and see how we can rearrange the rooms over the next week. Call an audible. Yep, call an audible on that one. We'll figure that one out. That's that's a new project for this week. Yeah, something to look forward to. And this week, um, also, John had his first English assessment with the English tutor that we found. And the other three did that. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. But this was John's first opportunity to go and have his assessment. And wouldn't you know, after the assessment, I was talking to the tutor and she was like, how long has he been here? And I said, you know, it's same as his siblings since the end of October. And she's like, wow, he really does not know any Spanish for be- or any English for being here that long. <laughs> she goes, he really doesn't even know the basics. And so that was a little disappointing, but obviously true. Um, so something, you know, that, that we are still trying to figure out is how to get them to want to learn English because they are definitely in a little comfort groove right now of like, the routine and speaking the Spanish here in the in the house and not really feeling the pressure to learn English right now, I would say. It's something we've spent a lot of time this week talking about. We've actually reached out to other parents that have children, you know, a sibling group that are in the same process as far as adoption goes. And they have similar situations with their kids as well, but it's it's a little stressful. And so my initial thoughts were, you know, well, we're going to have to like clearly set, you know, parameters on no internet until certain English lessons are done. And, and maybe we still, we need, will need to do that. But I still feel like in my heart, in particular with John, I mean, he's 17 years old. He's, he's less than a year away from being an adult, at least on paper. Right. But it's got to come from within. Like he we can't make him do it. We can't make him do it. <laughs> And, and we can encourage and we can try and make connections on why he would want to do that. And he and I have had those conversations this week and he does get it. Um, but it's just, it's got to come from within. I know that. I know it's got to come from within. And so I even feel as strongly as telling him, saying, look, these English lessons are optional. You don't have to go to these. This is your choice on whether or not you want to go to these English lessons. Because in the past, we've just had it be like, okay, we've got English, let's go. And we go. But um, I really feel like it needs to come from within. Yeah, I think that that, that is helpful, right? Like the best way to permanently permanently um, grow and change always has to come from something that changes within us, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's a big theme. I would say a big... Um, 
a big takeaway, uh, something I feel strongly about that I, I even felt this before we adopted is, you know, these kids are going to live the life that they're going to live. And we can set guidelines and guardrails and, and try and guide them down the path on what we feel like ultimately would give them the best opportunity for happiness and joy and, and success in their life personally, professionally, et cetera. But ultimately, you know, these aren't little toddlers. These aren't kids that we got when the paint was, was wet, so to speak. And so we have to, we have to meet them where they are and um, they have their own path to follow. And I feel strongly that if we just give them love and acceptance and encourage them where they are, that ultimately they'll, they'll rise up and they'll, they'll sing that song they're meant to sing. Yes, for sure. And I feel like one of the like challenges for Brady and I, or at least for myself is, um, you know, you, you see like as a, you know, a 40 something year old adult, you have like a little bit of perspective where you can see how, you know, like the choices, the things they're doing right now, the way they're spending their time right now is going to have such a big impact on their adulthood and their professional life and their relationships that they'll have as their life continues. And so, you know, for us, it's easy to be like, to understand why they need to do these things, right? Like this, if you you know, if you do this, it will really be helpful to you. But with that, like, you know, I have to keep reminding myself, like, where these kids have been, where they've come from, where they are right now, what it is like for them, how old they are right now, and think, you know, like, wow, man, like when I was 17, like I would not be doing this well as well as these, as John is doing, you know, if not I had to close. go like to a different country and do, do a different language. And so does just like, thinking of it from their perspective is so helpful because I just think, wow, like, you know, like we might not be progressing at the rate that I like would want us to and could see, you know, like, cause I, I think I like imagine in my mind, okay, like we'll do this and then they'll start learning this and then this, but you know, like I just like jump way ahead of where we actually are. And I have to keep reminding myself, like, like it's okay if the progress isn't coming, if it doesn't feel like it's coming fast, you know, it's just kind of like staying pointed in the right direction. And eventually like, it's going to come, like the progress is going to come. And so just trying to have the patience to, to say, you know what, like today might not have gone like we hoped, but just trying to find like the little progress that we did have. Yeah. And, and, um, given their circumstances on where they came from, it is astounding where they're at right now and how well they're doing. And I would say in particular, I would put a big shout out to Sandra, to Sandra. She is awesome. She's actually really coming out of her shell this week. Um, she's been like getting mom to dance with her and and um, just like kind of joking around with me. Like as we went to a play, Brinley's play, which Brinley crushed it. That was awesome. But I was going by Sandra and she like tripped me on purpose. And that's just kind of fun to see her coming out of her shell and this little shy yeah. Shy girl in Colombia is now really starting to to come out of her shell and show us her personality. Yeah, I think that we still for sure are just in that phase of just like building our relationships of trust, right? And just like being able to trust that we can be ourselves around each other and that that will be okay, I think. And so it's kind of amazing how long that process takes, you know, mm -hmm. just um, especially I feel like with older kids, I feel like it does take a lot longer. It's I feel like it happens more quickly and naturally, I feel like with little kids for some reason, with older kids, I I am feeling that the process is taking longer and it's not, it's not like bad or anything, but it's just like definitely 
a slower process. I would and say. what's what's interesting for me is um, I actually feel like the process is moving along much quicker with the girls, and less so with the boys. And so I I feel like Hiro still is very um, reserved, and I don't feel like we completely know our our Not boy Hiro <laughs> just yet. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 super fun, but he is for sure a lot more reserved and. And I feel like that with John as well. I just feel like he's just holding his emotions so tight and so close right now that that it's stressful. And you can just kind of like mm-hmm. feel the tension with him. And it just makes me want to just like, you know, go make food for him and hug him and do like whatever I can to just help him feel love because he like he's trying and it's hard and it's stressful and and he knows it. And so I think that's kind of, you know, like one thing where like the girls are better at showing their emotions, especially Rocio. Like Rocio, like she'll just, she's not afraid to show what she's feeling. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's stressful because, you know, it can be at moments <laughs> where you're like, really right now, you're going to have a breakdown right now. But, um, but you know, like in, in the end, like you don't have to worry so much about where she stands as where, where I feel like with, you know, the older ones, you kind of are like worried, like, oh, how are they really doing? How are they really feeling? Because they hold it in a lot more. Well, and I'd say John's the only one that we haven't seen cry. Yeah, that's true. Yep, and yeah, I I feel like, and that's okay, you know, like I feel like no 17-year-old boy wants to be sitting there crying, but at some point it would be, I feel like, helpful just to be able to kind of find a way for him to let that emotion go. Yeah, because I, I can feel it building for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to be sensitive to that. All right, so that is our update for the week. We we did have some awesome parties. Uh, we had a Grinch party. We had a Christmas, Christmas party. party. Kids all did great on that. We were just visiting. Um, for some reason, I thought we had 11 kids in four schools. And then this week, I thought, wait a minute, I think there's five <laughs> schools. And so I said, we should mention that, that we have 11 kids in five schools and Andrea reminded me that it's actually 11 kids in six different schools. And so we still have not figured out the... Just how to make the schedule the, be smooth. Yeah, yeah, it's a challenge. We, Getting we love, everyone out in the morning is a little bit hectic. We've, we've had a great tradition and a, a, just a great synergy with our family pre-adoption in doing a morning devotional. We call it Come Follow Me, and it's just an opportunity to get together, to do a, a morning devotional, say our prayers, say our family mission pres- uh, statement, and 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 give a, a family cheer. And we're struggling to get that in we right have, now. We have not been able to work that in our schedule in a way that's consistent yet. Yeah, it's just a total ad hoc hit and miss. I get as many kids <laughs> as I can to come and sit down with me and we do the best that we can, but I usually have two or three. <laughs> it and hasn't, that's, hasn't been going like we had pictured, I right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a good average in baseball, but but we got to do better <laughs> as a family. So that's something we're working through right now. All while, you know, it, it is a very busy time of the year. The fact, the busiest time of year for me and my work. Um, the end of the year is always super just stressful. But uh, things are going well. Um, we've got more Christmas parties this week. I think we've got two work Christmas parties this week that we need to attend and 
just do the best. Yeah, and I would say once again, like we mentioned this at Thanksgiving time, but it is kind of funny to see how the kids have been responding to meeting new people because they still, <laughs> they're still a little reluctant. They still don't, they're not, you know, super into it, which is totally understandable and fine. And last night, um, after all the family had left again, the kids, the four Colombian kids and Brady and I were in the kitchen and we were just talking about things and I said, you know, all of my aunts and my uncles and my cousins, like everyone wants to meet you guys. And there's so many of them and they're so excited to meet you. And they just started laughing because, you know, they're not able to return that same excitement and they know it. And it's kind of funny. (laughs) I, so my mom has, um, over the years has had cats and we love her kitties. And so when we would go see, Nana, as we refer to her, um, the kids were always way excited to see her kitties. But when we would come in the door, the kitties would scram, scramble and hide and we wouldn't see them for a couple of days. (laughs) And then they would emerge as soon as we would leave. And so that's exactly what our Colombian kids do is uh, they're like Nana's kitties. They go and they they hide when they hear somebody (laughs) at the door. Speaking of which, Nana got two new kitties. Oh, that's exciting. I didn't tell you that. that. Yep. Exciting news. That's cool. Yep. Okay. So thanks for tuning in. We are excited to see what this week brings um, with new happenings and new experiences. And we will be happy to share them in the following week's podcast. Sounds like a plan. See you then. 